0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Tonight, um, I'm going to talk about three defining relationships in my life and, um, and a couple of very personal testimonies of how God has restored and reconciled those relationships in my life. Um, As a church, I know that most people here, or may not be, be doing the Keep Your Love On series by Danny Silk. Um, I don't know about you, but I really enjoy them. And as I've been doing them in my day-to-day life, honestly, I feel like I need Danny Silk in my head all the time. And I'll be going to do something, think, oh, hold on, what would Danny do? Yeah, okay. No, don't do that, Jess. Do what Danny does, which really is what does God say to do, isn't it? Because that's who he's led by. Um, So... It's a fantastic series. If you're not involved in it, then I say get involved. Um, If you're a young person, I believe there's some young people's groups doing. I know that my daughter and her husband are helping with a group. They're pretty cool. I love them. You'll love them. So, you know, (laughs) just get in there and do it, and you'll see some changes. Um, Okay, so before I begin, I want to ask, what does relationship mean? The Oxford Dictionary says, the way in which two or more people or things are connected, or the state of being connected. Relationship is about connection. I would say most people here are in a relationship, whether it is serious relationship or casual relationship, working relationship, we are relational every day and our relationships can be healthy or unhealthy. Show of hands, who here is in a relationship? or would like to be in a relationship? I suggest you meet after. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna share three testimonies, relationships that were been and are big in my world. So the first one, and for some of you, you may he- have heard a little bit of this, is actually finding my mum. So my story, 30 plus years ago, I decided I wanted to f- <clears throat> find my birth parents because I was adopted at birth. I had a deep need to know who I was and why I was like I was, what made me, me. I grew up on a dairy farm in Dunedin. My adoptive father was a teacher, but had won the Golden Kiwi, equivalent to Lotto, and decided on a career change to become a farmer. And that was a dream of his. My adoptive mother was a nurse and would also work and help my father on the farm. I was the youngest of four, and had two older brothers and one older sister. At the age of four, my world changed. My father was also an alcoholic and had a horrible car accident that left him hospitalised, in care, most of his remaining life. My mother, unable to care for four children, run a farm, and care for my dad, decided to take her own life. My brother's sister and I were flown to Christchurch. We were separated and went to live with different families. I was apparently going to go into foster care, but escaped out of a window and grabbed my brother, who was going to live with an aunt. My aunt decided then I'd better come along, as I did not want to be separated from him. My aunt later told my brother and I that we were actually real brother and sister. We had the same mum. As an adult, my desire to know who I was, and I was sick of being asked why I was adopted and what my medical history was, um, because I didn't know, and I desperately wanted to have a mum and dad that I could relate to and call my own, so my search began. With bursts of tikka in my hand, and phone book in the other, my sister and I were able to find my mum and I was able to make contact. I remember meeting my mum for the first time. I had a picture in my head of what I thought she would look like and how my life would be complete from then on. Over the years, our relationship grew, not without its hiccups as two people navigating their way into uncharted territory. Where was Danny Silk when I needed him? (laughs) My mum embraced my brother and I, also introduced us to our younger brother, who was 11 months younger than myself. So I actually have a twin for one month. As I went on to have children, my mother stepped into the nana role, and my kids loved their grandmother. They would fondly call her Afro-nan, or nana with the big lips. As she would go in for a kiss, the lips would come out. (laughs) We had some great family times with my mum. Two years before my mum passed, mum had been diagnosed with cancer. My mum had just finished chemo and I was going to stay with her to help care for her. I was so afraid of what to do as this was the first time I had spent time with my mum. By myself and I was afraid that I would not be a good daughter and carer when I felt she needed it most. I prayed that God would show me how I could connect on a deeper level and we could share something special that would show my mum how much I loved her even though we had not always been together. It was important to me as I needed her to know that. My mum had extremely poor circulation due to the chemo and I felt God say, offer to massage your feet. Those next few days my mum and I would sit in the sun, her in her favourite chair and I would massage her feet and legs and we would spend time talking and enjoying being in each other's company. I could feel a sense of connection that words could not say. God provided a way that I was able to express how much my mum meant to me and honour her. It was a precious time and life changing for me. Just over a year, my mum's cancer had come back with a vengeance. Our youngest daughter, Letitia, was getting married, and my mum desperately wanted to be there. She decided against having any more treatment as she wanted to be able to attend the wedding, which she did. Less than a month after the wedding, my mum passed on. And I've actually got a couple of pictures here. Simone, if she could put them up. (coughs) Um, so, yeah, that's the whole family. And my mum is beside Letitia. Letitia, the, the bride, of course, and that's my mum. And um, so that's my whole family. My, our children, we have five children, and my brothers. So can we have the other photo, Simone? So these are my two brothers and my mum. My brother on my left is Marty. And we were brought up together. And my brother on the right is Bob and he's 11 months younger than me. And I truly couldn't wish for better brothers. They're awesome. And my mum, she had such a glorious day and it was such a privilege to have her there. A few days before she passed, I received a call to say, I needed to be there as soon as possible as time was of the essence. My mum had been cared for by my younger brother and his awesome family in their home. I walked into her room and she looked up at me and gave me the biggest smile and said, my beautiful daughter, I knew you would come. Those words were the most beautiful and powerful words I had longed to hear most of my life. My beautiful daughter, I was a daughter. I had a mother. I belonged to someone. Towards the end of our time together, my relationship with my mum was built on a foundation of love and acceptance. At her funeral, as part of a eulogy, my mum had written, all she wanted was to be a good mum and to be loved. It appears that we both wanted the same. I believe outside of your relationship with God... Your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you have. In fact, your relationships with others can be messed up because of the relationship you have with yourself. Before you start to work on relationships with others, you need to start with yourself. When you submit yourself to God to be moulded and submit to the process of becoming who he wants you to be, God will be responsible for the process of bringing So if you want to get close to somebody, the answer is to move toward Jesus. Are you more intentional to whom you are in relationship with as you have a responsibility of how you act or react? Relationship number two. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, if we could have that picture, thank you. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Three strands are much harder to break and two are much better than one. A threefold cord is, and if my husband could stand, Glenn, Jazz and God. When one comes under stress, the other one has to take most of the load. But when God is a part of the cord, you have his supernatural strength. My husband, Glenn, and I have been married next month 32 years. (laughs) And we have been together 34 We have five children And two days ago We became grandparents for the fourth time To a beautiful wee girl (laughs) Thank you I wish I could stand here and say We have always had a happy marriage But that wouldn't necessarily be the truth There was a time in my marriage I was very disconnected from him Emotionally and physically I was very unhappy and, as a result, was angry and blamed him for things that were out of control and some of my own inner battles. Our marriage felt like a sham as I tried hard to look at, tried to look like we were like every other couple going to church, happy, and what problems could we possibly have? We were Christians, and Christian couples don't have problems. (laughs) I can remember one day I was at home and I was listening to Radio Rema. Yes, Radio Rema. <laughs> and talking to, uh, sorry, listening to a talk show called Focus on the Family by James Dobson. Some people, predominantly over 50, may remember that show. James was talking about relationships. How, when you are just, <clears throat> sorry, let me rephrase that. When you are just starting out in a relationship, everything is warm fuzzies. And probably you'll know, you know, you have the warm fuzzies, everything's beautiful, life's great, and the endorphins are kicking in. Then you marry, and after a few years of being together, one morning you wake up, roll over, and look at your partner and think, don't actually like you today. <laughs> or, I don't think I actually love you anymore. Well, James said, well, that's when you make a choice. You choose to love your partner. I knew I had a choice. I could help change the situation or leave the situation. I decided that I was going to choose to love my husband. I prayed over the following weeks and asked God each day to reveal something new and wonderful about my husband and restore, reconnect with him. I don't believe Glenn changed, you can ask him, but I know that I did. So here we are, 34 years and still going. And I found out contrary to what I believed, not all relationships are perfect, but thankfully when you ask God into a situation, it's much easier. Responsibility means the ability to respond. It is the capacity to face any situation and make powerful choices that are consistent with who you say you are. Relationship number three. Nearly two years ago, I decided to do an internship. Josh spoke briefly one Sunday morning about internship and an invitation to think about what that could look like for you. And I felt a quickening in my spirit. So I responded. It was one of the better decisions I have made in defining moments in my life. When I said yes to doing an internship, God restored my God-given identity as God had restored my earthly identity with my birth mum. Identity gives me connection, which enables me to relate to others because of how Jesus relates to me. Over the last couple of years, my relationship and relationships have changed with how I see myself in him. When we allow God to transform us from thinking like an orphan to living like an heir, we get to live from a place of approval no matter what, rather than seeking approval from others. Recently, I went to see the Lion King movie. Anyone seen that movie? Yeah, I cried. (laughs) There is a part of the movie where Rafiki, the monkey, finds Simba, who's been living with Timon and Pumba. I'm sure most of you will remember the scene. Rafiki tells him his father is still alive. Simba follows Rafiki to the water's edge and Rafiki says, look in the water. Simba says, I don't see him. And Rafiki then says, look closely, what do you see? Simba then sees himself in his father's reflection. Simba was a king, he was the father's son. Do you recognise who you are? Through the gospel, we receive new identity When we come to know Jesus, we don't just believe in something, but we become someone. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And what is it that God is reconciling us to? It is relationship. Firstly, into a total relationship with him. And secondly, because our relationship with him flows a deeper level of relationship with each other. Because of my relationship with him, I've stepped out in areas I was once afraid to and scared of what people would think. Relationship is what you are all about. You may say you are not that great at that, haven't had much success in that area, or you just don't know how to relate to fellow co-workers, family or friends. The great thing is, you may not be that great, but God is. I have chosen to believe who he says I am rather than partner with who I say I am not. In the last two years, I've had the opportunity to speak into friends, co-workers' lives, and the privilege of praying for them to receive healing and blessing in their life. I don't do it because I want to make myself feel or look good, but because I want them to know the God that loves me and honour them because of how God sees them and draw them to a closer relationship with him. If you have a vertical relationship, it affects your horizontal relationships. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Once you ask Jesus into your life, you're adopted into his family. You and an ear, you have access not only to the king, but also his kingdom, salvation, healing, freedom, peace, joy, justice, and God's comfort, and carry his authority to access his kingdom and transform those around you as you go about your daily life. Um, I'm just going to share something else that I haven't put in here, but I've over the last couple of years, I've been had the privilege of praying for a guy that comes into our work every now and then. He's had neck problems. And the first time I prayed for him was pretty radical. Um, felt it clicking in his neck and I wasn't even touching him. And he had his, his neck was healed. And... Um, The following week, he came in and he was walking upright. I remember him looking at me and he was just saying, you can can pray for me anytime. You can pray for me anytime. So over this last period of time that I've been seeing him, I noticed that he'd had a few problems once again with back. And I went round and I saw him at his work and I said, you know, I really want to pray for you because I'm sick of seeing you in pain. No, this is not what God wants for you, and he goes, oh, Okay, yeah, that's cool. You know, you can pray for me. So, once again, I put my hands over him and we just prayed. We invited the Holy Spirit there, and he's not a believer, but anyway, after I'd prayed, I said to him, How do you feel? and he goes, Nothing. I thought, Oh, as you do, <laughs> that oh man, you know, I was hoping for another click or something. And then I said to him, all right, we'll pray again. So I prayed again and he goes, I said, do you feel anything? He goes, no, but you know what, Jez, it's okay. I said, no, I I don't think it's okay. God really wants to heal you. He wants to do this. I know he can do this. He said, you know what, Jez, it's okay. He said, because I trust you. He said, I trust you with my life. And I realised then that this relationship had changed because he could see the value that I saw in him. He saw the value of who he was and that God sees value in him. Therefore, I could start to speak into his life. And it's just amazing how God has put me in situations in my job that I'm able to just speak into co-workers' lives. And in fact, they now actually even speak to me. And it's amazing when I go there and say, we're doing a negativity fast. And they go, we're doing it with you. You know, and they pull each other up. Oh, you can't talk like that. Can't do that. Or, you know, just, just different things happen. And I'm just so amazed. And I feel such a privilege to work amongst a bunch of people that just embrace what I've been doing and actually have feel like they're doing the internship with me. You know, they're excited. They've gone from have a nice Thursday to what happened on Thursday? What's God doing? You know, what are we going to do this week? And it's so exciting that I get to speak into their lives, that God uses me. Me who couldn't, you know, didn't have the courage to do that. And now it's so different because I know who I am because of who he is. There may be people here that don't know Jesus or know of Jesus but don't know what it is to have a personal relationship with him. Maybe you were like me, hadn't realized who you were because of who he is. God wants to invite you into relationship with him. John 3:16. I'm sure most people know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Don't minimize what Jesus did on the cross by not stepping into who you are because of whose you are. God desires relationship with you and desires that you have relationship with others to bring them into relationship with him. You may be out there thinking, you know what, I'm okay. I'm a good person. I don't need Jesus in my life. I recently watched a message and the speaker gave an analogy of a good person. Some background first. The speaker was invited to speak on a radio and the announcer said to him, you are not to talk about God. I will ask the questions and I want you to only answer the questions I've asked. The announcer said to him, you Christians think you get to go to heaven. Well, I'm a good person. I live a good life. Why shouldn't I? Is it enough just to be a good person? The speaker thought about it. His reply, as he was conscious of what the announcer had said to him at the start, the Lord gave him an analogy. The speaker said, Say you are a good man, and this good man goes to a rich man's house. He knocks on the door of the rich man's house and says, Hi, I'm a good person, so let me come live with you. What do you think the rich man would say? You may be a good man, but I don't know you. Why? Because there is no relationship. So why do you think we can do the same with God? There are a lot of good people, and I'm sure we all know them, or some. Can I just invite the worship team back up? So I've asked... that we could sing this final song or this song, and it's called, um, it's a song that Marcus wrote. Um, It's a beautiful song, and I love this song for many reasons. But I I felt it was appropriate for tonight because it is an invitation. God is inviting you and me into a closer relationship with him. He calls you his beloved, and there is a line in the song that says, let him kiss me. You have made me for your love. Let him kiss me. Kiss, that's fairly intimate, isn't it? You don't normally just let anyone kiss you. Well, I don't. (laughs) Intimacy. And Danny says, In to me you see. So what does that feel like? It can be vulnerable and transparent. Tonight, I want to invite anyone here who wants to come into a deeper relationship with God or wants to receive Jesus as your personal saviour, step out and come to the front. I know that's a big ask for some people. And I just pray that as we sing this song, that you'll let the words wash over you and you allow his presence to minister to you. So I just ask that Marcus will start that song, but I really encourage you, you want, come to the front, and one of the team will come and pray with you if you want that, or I can, but I really encourage you, if you want to know Jesus and what he can do at a greater level and walk in everything that he has for you, then don't wait. You know, you can make a difference today. You can change you can change what God does in your life. We all have choices. Choose him. Choose him. I did not it was the best thing I ever did. And I, I've been a Christian for 36 years. But two years ago, doing an internship changed my life because I finally realised what it was to be a daughter and what that means. So I encourage you tonight, if you don't know what that means, to be a son or a daughter, and what that brings, then please come to the front. As Marcus sings the song, let those words wash over you.